0: You are listening to the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show podcast on Gear 30 Radio. Adventure for your ears. Shop Gear 30 Premier Mountain Equipment and improve your outdoor experience. Gear 30 Radio! You haven't lived until you've heard the show Americans are talking about. The show that launches its listeners to the height of humanity. The audio hour that travels the landscape of adventure. The sound that comforts more than the clip of your first bolt. It's the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show! Where outdoor adventure summits the airwaves, it is the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show. I'm your host, Brandon Long, on with you for the next hour. In studio with me, as always, is now famous Todd to the top. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, so you were recognized at Slackwater. The voice was recognized. The yeah. voice was recognized. Yes, I tell you so what. I had to take
1: him through the steps on uh, how to podcast at this point because we are no longer live. So. Well,
0: stick with me, kid. We'll make you famous. Uh Uh, This show's (laughs) itinerary. It is the All Hallows' Eve show, and I tried to mix in some Halloween with news. So we have the Goblin Valley Rock case prosecutors are investigating. A skeleton team was announced, and Soldier (laughs) Hollow prep mountain bike event. You keep trying. That's all I got. (laughs) Uh, It's a pretty good start. (laughs) Utah moose stagnation. A hiker was rescued twice on the same local trail. I want this guy on the show. Get our, get your people to get their people to reach out to this guy. Let's get him on the show. Let's get him some a free map and compass or something. <laughs> uh, winter parking restrictions begin. Utah Bank auctions West Mountain Ski Area. Pop-Tarts. Yes, the Pop-Tarts, the food you eat. They're sponsoring a Revolution Ski Tour. Aspen Ski Company ditches an elaborate ski package U.S. Free Ski Team Unis announced. That is not short for Unicorn, by the way. Stand Up paddleboard Pioneer dies at age 95. And a a new sport, which this looks awesome, and we are going to try this, Todd. Get your paddle boards ready. Stand Up Paddle Ball. We'll review the rules. We'll talk about (laughs) it here in a little bit. Uh, Andra sends three 514s in one day. That's all. Just three in a day. Disabled man skydives over Everest, which means I could do that. Uh, Banff Mountain Film Festival and book tour or book festival is happening now. In Banff. In Banff. Petco pets end up in a Denali National Park fire pit. Oh, It's I read not that. good. That is a horrible story. And, and of course, we'll be covering it. We'll cover it because it's a horrible <laughs> story. And Andean bears prefer their privacy. Who knew? We have events. And uh, for gear thirty, vans celebrates twenty years in snowboarding. Check out those vans. <laughs> and it posters shows on over your there. lid. I'm wearing Very the lid nice, yeah. twenty years in snowboarding. We have a new there's a new invention, a kayak submarine. <laughs> One man's dream come true.
1: <laughs> Whatever.
0: And an MSR MSR sponsoring the Banff Mountain Film Festival tour. So we'll chat about that. For skill sessions, we'll go over Beginning Rock Climbers Dictionary. And for the Myland segment, uh, we'll chat road work won't harm Arches National Park. The public is invited to BLM workshops, and an environmental activist is going to speak at Weber State University on air quality. All this and more on the All Hallows' Eve episode of the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show. So, let's charge. He summits with the agility of a mountain goat. Flashers routes faster than UPS is more intimate in the mountains than Jake Gyllenhaal. He's Todd to the top. Alrighty. So for news this week, All Hallows Eve, Goblin. That's right. The Goblin Valley Rock case. You know, I didn't know these guys were not getting prosecuted, but apparently they're looking into that now. So this is an international, I'm assuming, at least national story of yeah, thank, the... Thank you, YouTube. Yeah, Thank exactly. you, YouTube, and these two idiots. The Emory County Attorney's Office confirmed Tuesday it is investigating the, quote, unique, in quote, case of two Utah Boy Scout leaders who pushed over a rock formation in Goblin Valley State Park. Emory County Attorney David Blackwell and Deputy County Attorney Brent Langston recently joined state park officials to review the site where Highland residents, Dave Hall, keep these two names in mind, Dave Hall, idiot number one, and Glenn Taylor, idiot number two, pushed over a goblin formation, also known as a hoodoo, um, do you remember that band in the '90s? Um, hoodoo, voodoo, voodoo, voodoo. Was hoodoo, hoodoo, hoodoo. guru. guru. Yes, yeah. nice call. Uh, the men later posted a video of the incident online. It went viral. Yes, it did.
1: That's <laughs> you what do happens. Something stupid. You don't post it because I guarantee you this isn't the first time idiots have done this to you know monuments like this. But at right. the same time, don't video this it. was
0: pre-YouTube and yeah. yeah. Uh so they say this is a unique case and investigators are being very thorough. The county's attorney's office recognizes the public interest this case has generated and will carefully review it. So they are undergoing investigation right now. No charges though yet have been it's like dude you have it on video. How is how do we not have charges yet in this? But uh, uh story number two Skeleton team has been announced. <laughs> That's right, the U.S. skeleton team This is right out of Park City. So uh, these guys may have gold medals on around their necks here in a few months. John Daly, Matt Anton, we'll know how to say his name after the Olympics, Anton, and Kyle Tress. They were uh, selected Wednesday to the U.S. national skeleton team, joining Noel Picus pes and Katie Urahander as the World Cup season looms. Uh, good luck, you guys i don't It had skeleton in the title, so I had to bring it up like I mean we don't we normally may not have
1: covered the story, but it <laughs> had skeleton in the title yeah. <laughs>
0: and it's sort of local they they practice up there in Park City. so uh-huh. good luck to the team, the u s national skeleton team, and that is in Sochi next year so now for uh at Soldier Hollow last weekend, the Utah's prep mountain bikers competed. So more than 400, that's a lot of mountain bike high school mountain bikers, but more than 400 Utah high school student mountain bikers race Saturday at Soldier Hollow. It was originally designed for the 2002 Olympic Nordic Ski Racers. Uh, the event was the fourth race out of five organized by Utah High School Cycling League and the final event in the Wasatch before the state championship next month. Guess where the championship is, Totters? Moab. Well,
1: that's not a bad place to right?
0: be. Yeah, it's like, oh, bummer, it's... Late November. I get to go to mid-November. I got to go to Moab and compete. So depending on their course, they raced either two or three laps or four laps on a 5.7-mile course. And the top finishers were uh, Olympus High's Justin Griffin winning the Varsity Boys Race for the third event in a row. And Park City's phenom Haley Batten. She is undefeated this year in high school mountain biking. Nice work, Haley. Um... Boy, that would be fun. Oh, to be on a high school mountain bike team.
1: It's not a bad gig.
0: Thus ends the All Hallows' Eve time. <laughs> <of mine. laughs> Next up is sort of a, of a boring story, but somewhat interesting, I thought, to me. Let me be the judge of that, okay. Brandon. Thank you. Uh, biologists, anything that starts boring. with the headline.
1: <laughs> boring, sorry.
0: Biologists, they're studying the stagnation of Utah moose population. So you know what that means. They're wondering why a bunch of these moose are just standing around. Although moose populations are on the decline in many parts of northern United States here in Utah, the animals seem to be holding their own for now. Our populations are not particularly declining, but they are stagnant in some areas. Uh, They're typically seen holding signs, Vegas or bust. Um, How the heck did I get down here from Alaska? However, this population stagnation concerns DWR officials enough that they have biologists looking into it, because they have apparently nothing else to do. Some parts of the state are doing okay, while others concerned about, or others are concerned. So they're studying it. Anyway, there's if you want to see moose, go up to North Fork and hike up the mountain. Guaranteed, you'll see some moose. Uh, Moose. Most of the time, you'll see them around Snow Basin too. Oh yeah, early in the mornings. So, this one, apparently, our local trails are complicated. And uh, I know Weber County and the Ogden Trails Network, they're doing a lot of great work up, uh, up to put signs up, especially the Ogden Trails Network, to make sure people know where things are, where they work they're going. Very hard. Not to get lost. Yep. Davis County needs some help, however, uh, apparently, because <laughs> one hiker has been lost twice this year on the same trail. has been rescued twice. On the same trail, Uh, I'd say by the fourth time. This is from the Standard Examiner. That's embarrassing. I don't that story out. It's like, oh, please don't publish my name. Uh Yeah. Oh no, it's published. (laughs) We'll we'll give it to you. Yeah, let's give it. yeah. Yeah, a hiker has been found twice this year on the same trail by search and rescue personnel. Will not be facing any criminal charges because, quote, there was no intent to commit a crime and no law was broken. End quote. Eric Scott. Coons, 52 years old, half-senile of Kaysville. That's rude. That's that was just rude. rude. Yeah. He's probably not senile. He just you gets lost easy. Uh, he left for a hike on Friday at Fernwood Park and got lost off the Great Western Trail, as he did in May. Uh, Coons spent a night on the mountain before a medical helicopter brought him to safety Saturday morning. In May, he was escorted down by a ground crew after spending much of the night on the peak. He had no intent to cause a problem. He went up a mountain and got lost.
1: Poor guy. Honestly, poor guy.
0: He had food, water, and clothing, so this is good yeah. because he knows he gets lost a lot. And he was <laughs> and he was airlifted from the mountain after setting off around 5 p.m., which is interesting. He needs to start earlier than 5 p.m. I think PM. so. I think
1: 5's pretty late. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: he complained that he was tired and he couldn't make it down the mountain. There's a couple of hints, right? Workout. Start before 5 p.m. He was found on the trail at 10:30 a.m. on Saturday. He was examined by medical workers and was reported as uninjured and in good condition. It's a good thing he had cell service. He's probably is that how he got out.: Well he probably, yeah, so, yeah. this side of the mountains, yeah. you have cell service, yeah. So it isn't clear which mountain he was trying to climb, but Thurston Peak is right there. It's the most prominent one, closest to Fernwood Park. Uh, they say, quote, "He's an adult." of sound mind, and can take off for a hike, end quote. That was Paulson who's in charge of the, I believe, the search and rescue unit out there in, in or Davis County. So they are way too nice to that guy.
1: i us stop a up. follow-up on that.
0: They may charge him with a fine, however, because it costs money to gather the troops and go searching for him. Right. So, uh, it hasn't really snowed in the valley yet, At all yet this year. It snowed in the mountains, and I think a flake or two fell on the the other day. Mm -hmm. But there's no buildup or anything. But that doesn't mean winter parking restrictions aren't being enforced coming this Friday. So this is out of Kaysville. And for sure out of Kaysville, street parking restrictions go into effect on Friday. So that's just a friendly reminder. Look at your local municipalities. Ogden, South Ogden, Riverdale, Roy, whatever. Make sure you're participating in whatever the parking restrictions are because Kaysville, for sure, goes into effect on Friday. And vehicles are prohibited from parking on the streets from midnight to 6 a.m. Vehicles parked on the streets during that time could receive a $15 citation. So there you go. That's so our friendly snow removal folks. Well, let's hope they're busy this year. That's all I know. Let's hope it snows and snows and snows and snows and snows. And snows. So speaking of snow stories, Let's talk about snow stories. Okay, good idea. Uh, There's a Utah bank. They are auctioning a mortgage in West Mountain Ski Area bankruptcy case. Now, this resort is not in Utah. The bank is in Utah. It's Zions Bank. They're mortgaging West Mountain Ski Area in Queensbury. Where's that? I have no idea. (gasps) New York. Okay. It's got to be, right? Queens? But Queensbury is a suburb somewhere out there. Queensbury, New York. It's got to be. They filed for a Chapter 11 bankruptcy in June. Um, they owe $433,000 on a loan. It's not performing. So a Utah Bank is going to bid it off. So if you would like to buy a resort in New York, it's $1.8 million is the, what the assets total and the liabil- liabilities are $4.8 million. But you could put a bid in on it. I got like 10 bucks so we could pull our funds and
1: I think I got see more than can. that. You do? Yeah. yeah. Let's do
0: it. Um, they're selling season passes right now, price between $99 to $300 and with a caveat that says purchase season passes are refundable if the resort does not open for 2013-14 because they are in a
1: bankruptcy. Dude, this isn't a bad deal. The West Mountain contains 40 trails. Ranging in difficulty from green to black diamond, there's a tubing area. I'd do that right there. Yeah. containing four 700 foot foot shoots and two 1,000 foot shoots. That sounds like fun. There's a lodge with the cafeteria. There you go. Uh, let's see. Three. Oh, and lifts. the West End Sports Bar and Grill. That's probably worth and four million right there. Here's where some of the money went in. There's a, there was a four hundred thousand dollar renovation in two thousand eight. Uh, it well, doesn't look too bad.
0: So the resort's Facebook and Twitter pages remain active. There you go, that's important. Mm-hmm. And however the website's not really working right now. But yeah, if you're looking to buy a mountain, now's your now's the time.
1: It's up <laughs> in New York. On their website, which is very minimal right now. It shows that you can still buy season pass.
0: Yeah, season pass. Would you buy a season pass? They says they'll <laughs> refund resort. it, but I don't know if I would believe that. I don't yeah. I think Here's some advice: Keep your Season money. Season passes are just 150 bucks, so it's a small amount. Yeah. You are listening to the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show podcast on Gear 30 Radio: Adventure for your ears. Shop Gear 30 premier mountain equipment and improve your outdoor experience.
1: Gear 30 Radio. So, do you like Pop Tarts? I did. I have to admit, I don't. You look at you look at the calories of okay. Pop Tart. No, that's yeah, I don't eat them.
0: Normally, uh-huh. right? You don't. If you don't, need those calories. But for the backcountry, yeah. they pack well. There's a boatload of calories, and they're, they're like the number one. You don't food have to for cook like them.
1: High mountain climbers too. Uh, for I sure. Knows, yeah. Either. So you
0: wake up, you roll out of your tent, you eat a couple Pop Tarts, uh-huh. and you start climbing up the mountain. It's brilliant. I, that's what I love them for. Yeah. Well, that's the only time I eat and them. Small, exactly. they, yeah, they're flat. They're small. Yeah. So, but Pop Tarts, yes, Pop Tarts. They are um, sponsoring the U.S. Revolution Tour. So. Um, this is out of, you know, Kellogg's is who owns Pop-Tarts. They've stepped forward with Pop-Tarts brand to sponsor the 10th anniversary season. The Stepping Stone Tour has helped launch the careers of some current stars in the U.S. free skiing and U.S. snowboarding, who will be competing in Soki. So the success of the Pop-Tarts U.S. Revolution Tour has been quality events at the best resorts in America for free skiing and snowboarding, says the director, Nick Alexakos. Nailed it. Thank you. Uh, over 1,400 skiers and riders will take part in the Pop Tart Tour, beginning this year. So that'll be kind of fun.
1: I kind of like them being involved with something. Like I like that.
0: that. I yeah, because you know the wisecracks are limitless. But yeah, mm-hmm. let's do it. Pop tarts are us. Uh, the tour begins February 3rd in Pennsylvania, Seven Springs, moves to Boreal, California, and then ends up in Sun Valley, Idaho, March 3rd through the 7th. They're all half pipe slope style courses. So good luck, Pop-Tarts. Hope you sell a lot more Pop-Tarts. Uh, now there was Aspen had a controversial ski package that they're not going to do because it's not environmentally friendly. However, it would have been pretty cool. But Aspen Ski Company, they operate the Aspen Snowmass Resort Complex. They've decided against offering a special vacation package that would include a heli-skiing in Silverton and then a private jet trip to, how do you say this, OJAI Valley Inn and Spa in California. So you get to ski there at Aspen, Mm -hmm. and then you take a private jet to California to the spa. But they're like, wait, this is not environmentally... That brilliant. So we're going to go ahead and can this right now before it gets off the ground. That's a little too carbon intensive, they thought. So uh, Aspen nixed it, and basically somebody probably got fired from the marketing team. Uh, CEO Mike Kaplan, officials at Little Nell and Aspen Ski Co.'s sales team met Wednesday and agreed to nix the idea before it ever left the ground. Since the promotion was never advertised and unsold Ski Co. officials were surprised word was leaked out. Too late now. So now you got a marketing issue. But, yeah, there you go. So you can't do that this year. If you were planning on it, if you heard about
1: it, sorry. gigs up. There's got to be private groups. that. I mean, that's probably the direction that she goes is just some
0: yeah, that's swanky
1: a, private group on the side or something. For sure.
0: I was going to talk about this, but it's really not that important. The US, the U.S. free skiing team has new uniforms for the Olympics. So the North Face – had a big party mm-hmm. because they are. It is North Face apparel, and they did and They showed it. There's hey, here's what all the free skiers are going to be wearing at the Olympics, and they're basically it's red pants and a blue vest is what we're looking at. What do you think at. of North Face
1: so. apparel though? Uh,
0: uh, the North Face has been around for a long time. We do not carry North Face in the shop. They have some nice pieces still. They also have a lot of not so nice pieces that sell everywhere. Kind of. So uh, they have North North awesome athletes everywhere. that work that they sponsor That's for true. sure. Yeah. But there's, what happened was there's more companies that make just as good, if not much better products. Sure, I think, yeah, I so. think um, Sad news in the stand-up paddleboard. World? Community. That's mm-hmm. the word I was looking for. Yeah. A legend, a sup pioneer. So you think, oh, well, stand-up paddleboarding is fairly new. Well, um, 95-year-old John, they call him Zap, Zapatok Zapatuki Zapataki. <laughs> so Zek. Sorry, John. He's
1: a nice man. Just call him, a that's why they call
0: him Zap, yeah. yeah. But uh, he was a pioneer in stand-up paddleboarding, and he died recently um, on Sunday, actually. The Waterman community lost a legend as Hawaii's John Zap Zapaka, Zapaka, Kuski uh, Sr. died at the age of 95. He was known as Zap, born in 1918 in the stand-up paddleboard community of Brownsville, Pennsylvania. Uh, moved to Oahu in 1940. Where he began his love affair with the ocean and dove headfirst into the waterman community.
1: Do you get what they did there? Dove headfirst into it.
0: Though unaware he was pioneering the sport of stand up paddleboarding, John was one of the original stand up paddleboarders, having first picked up a paddle to use in Waikiki, uh, or in Waikiki, alongside John Pops Achoy, who first stood up to catch better shots of tourists out in the water. So while surfing and paddling canoes off Oahu's south shore, John bumped shoulders with icons from the Waterman world, including Duke, oh, come on, for real, Kawanawa Moku, uh, Rabbit, that's his name, Rabbit Kakai, and Blue Makua.
1: These are old school names.
0: Surfer dudes who are all in their 90s. Uh, Steamboat and other Waikiki Beach Boys. And after clocking enough time down in wakes, John became an honorary beach boy. But he was a true advocate of SUP in his early 40s, and he could be seen stand up. He could be seen stand up paddling from Tongs to Queens to catch a few waves. So did he show when he? He's 95 years old now, Uh and in his 40s, he could be seen stand up paddleboarding. So when you think, "Oh, that's a new sport," not so much. It's 50 years old for this guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, but he did. He died. He was 95 years old. I'm sure he led an awesome life out there surfing in Hawaii. Uh, you can look up this story at supthemag.com. There's some great pictures of him and a video of him. So he Did looks, he, he looks sup great to the end. Does it sup to the end, yeah. man. He was out there supping until he was awesome. 95 years old. Yeah, which is pretty cool. So there's a new sport.
1: Tell me about this. Speaking of stand up paddleboarding,
0: like. it's uh, it has began in Manly, wherever that is. Did you just say manly? Manly, yeah. It's stand-up paddle ball. It's described as rugby on water. Anyone can play. It's not an everyday new sport. It's not everyday new sports invented, of course. Um, Certainly not one described as rugby on water. So it's the brainchild of the Manly Kayak Center and the Manly Wharf Bar. Stand-up paddle ball also combines elements of netball, water polo, and lacrosse. (laughs) <laughs> is there drinking involved in this game? There can be. Yeah, it depends on the night. While trying to remain upright on a paddleboard, enthusiasts fine-tuned the game last season, and they're going to launch a public competition next week to increase demand. It says it's really quite easy. It's more about fitness. Um, it is contact, so people can't go thinking it's going to be like a touch game. It's like rugby on paddleboards. You can tackle people off their boards but you can't have any contact with the paddles because of injuries. So injuries. You can't just take your paddle and whack them in the back and uh-huh. stuff, you, but you just go tackle them instead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, from your board. From
0: your board, yeah. The Aquatic League involves two teams of five, so there's ten pl- you need uh-huh. ten players here. Uh, and This you, sounds very dangerous. You try to score. Well, dude, stand-up paddle boards. If one of those goes awry and hits you in the head and <laughs> knocks you out and you're underwater, you know, this could get ugly fast. Uh, but two teams of five we try to score by hitting the goal buoys. So you have big buoys out in the in the lakes yeah. or whatnot, and that's yeah. You got your ball has to hit the buoys, and it's a gladiatorial spectacle, of course, which has proved popular with viewers who have crowded the beachfront to watch it. It's physically demanding because it uses a lot of muscle groups that normally don't get
1: used. I would expect no less from a town named Manly. Manly. Yeah, exactly.
0: There's pictures here, but I need to see video of an actual game being played. I'll I think you can one. only advance the ball with your paddle what's it called the name of the sport the name of the sport is a stand-up paddle ball and i'm looking at the pictures here and there is a picture of a guy throwing a ball so who knows how you advance the ball because there's another one with with oh, yeah. a He's man like only YouTube using his written. paddle and but you've got to hit the yeah so anyway we're going to try this next summer because it looks like a blast Look that stuff up. Manly. Manly. Speaking of manly, Adam Andre is a man. He Most climbers would be stoked if they climbed one 514D. In fact, you'd probably just consider yourself pro right there and go home and call it a <laughs> career. But he sent three in one day the other day.
1: What did you do the other day?
0: Uh, not a 514, <laughs> that's <laughs> oh for my sure. God. I think I was hanging around 5 nothing on that. Uh, yeah, nice job, Adam. He's blowing up in the rock climbing scene. And then a disabled man skydived over Everest, which proves anyone can do it. A French man with multiple sclerosis completed a successful skydive over Mount Everest. He's 55-year-old Mark Kopp, who has been uh, suffering from MS over a decade, became became the first disabled man to complete an Everest skydive. A tandem skydive consisted of Kopp and his friend Mario Gervasi, a champion skydiver. They jumped out of an aircraft from 32,000 feet to a specifically designated landing area on the mountain. He spent the first several thousand feet in free fall before landing on the platform nearly 20,000 feet up the peak.
1: That is a high. So that's a
0: high drop. Yeah, well, that's kind of cool. Might be fun. He's not doing too well with the MS, so at least that gives him some, some fun, some thrills. Are you looking up more pictures? I'm looking up Sup Ball. Sup Ball. Mm -hmm. It can't be that popular yet, except for in the town of Manly. So what do we have to do to get up to the Banff Mountain Film Festival that is going on right now? October 26th through November 3rd. There is still time. There's 80 adventure films this year, showcased from all over the world. Also, um, there's tons of books and art and uh, parties. I want to go up so bad. Stuff.
1: That's honestly on my list. I would love to go up there. I don't want to go up there during that week. I think it'd be amazing.
0: Some of the films I'll tell you the names now because in a couple years they might they may be uh, or second nature
1: in a matter of months we might be seeing these seeing them here. Yeah, on the tour version. So this course. year's
0: festival will highlight adrenaline-oriented films like Casc- Cascada, Split of a Second. And we'll also include some of the larger productions of the year, like Valhalla and Into the Mind.
1: Now, have you seen clips or anything for that Valhalla? Mm, that looks no, intense. It's, no, no, it's yet. a big one.
0: But Banff Mountain Film Festival 1213. Oh, that's the old one. We need 1314, right? World Tour. Yeah. Because this is the okay. This is the seven-minute clip from last year, so never mind. Banff crowds will be treated to a preview screening of The Last Great Climb which captures the story of a group of climbers attempting a new route on Antarctica's Ulvetina Peak. Speaking of Antarctica, do you remember how Mary Shelley's Frankenstein begins?
1: I think so. I don't know.
0: In Antarctica. They crash their ship on ice. And the crazy guy, the crazy guy, we was on last night. Uh So the crazy guy comes out of the ice towards the boat right. and his that's, Frankenstein, that's Dr. Frankenstein. Frankenstein, yeah. And he's, this is, because it's, they start with that scene because uh-huh. I believe he went to drop Frankenstein off in the freaking South Pole somewhere because he's All trying right. to get rid of him because then they, the movie jumps back forward again and it starts the story over. But uh, anyway, there you go.
1: That's Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. That. Thanks. Uh, there's a couple standouts. that, I, that I, This is probably a, Similar, same piece as far as the BAM Festival. Let's see. Uh, one called The Last Great Climbs. you read about that? Captures the story of a group of climbers attempting a new route. I just route. read this. Oh, is that the one? No, Antarctica. it's right underneath. Sorry, it's right under this. Uh, uh, a 3D screening of Beyond the Edge. That's what I was going to read about. Beyond the Edge. Uh, depiction of a 1953 summit bid on Everest in 3D. 1953 I think that's the three next, summit bid? That's the next direction to go for some of these outdoor films. A good 3D. I'd love a good 3D outdoor one. I mean, I'm sure they've done some decent ones, but like I don't, really I haven't one. seen
0: any or heard of yeah. any, so.
1: That'd be rad. I don't know if they would tour with the 3D one or not. Probably not.
0: I uh, finally have an Alaska story. There were small pets found cooked in a campfire in Denali.
1: This is a horrible This
0: story. is a horrible story with a good ending, so stay tuned. Uh, an employee of Alaska's Denali National Park was on his way to a landslide. Um, when he took a detour to investigate a pile of trash, he discovered the site of a modern Neanderthalian feast. What in the word is that? Uh, The charred remains of a partially eaten rodent, a crushed mouse, a head of a baby python, and a turtle that was nearly frozen to death, along with receipts from a pet go in Fairbanks, Alaska. That's when things took a turn for the worse because we began realizing that someone had actually gone pet shopping at a box store and then came to the park to start consuming the pets. It's so awful. Quote, there was evidence that a visitor had a small campfire, end quote, said park spokeswoman Marine Gualteri. Park rangers found a few boxes from Petco and found that multiple small pets had been cooked in the campfire. National Park Service is working with Petco to identify the person who bought the pets, but Galteri says they have yet to pick up a lead. So now, as for the turtle that was frozen, it was a red-eared slider, and park rangers were able to warm it up, and it now lives with the family in Healy, Alaska, who named it Lucky.
1: <laughs> okay, that's a turtle good, that's lives. A story, didn't
0: quite make it into the fire. <laughs>
1: or get it. It's
0: frozen like uh, in time there, and then yeah, it's good old Lucky. You know, Lucky's going to get eaten by the dog or something at some point.
1: (laughs) That's horrible. (laughs) No, 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 no. Our uh,
0: weekly bear story. Did you see the Andean bears? Uh, Apparently uh, love their privacy. Uh, They were photographed destroying hidden sensor cameras. So, uh, Andean bears, they love to wander remote forests in search of fruit and other goodies. What do they do not like, apparently, is being photographed by those annoying flashing trail cams. The accompanying video, which is on this story here, which we can post up at GrindTV.com, so we'll post it at the, when we post the O.A. show. It shows Andean bears destroying a hidden sensor camera in the Bolivian jungle. You can watch between 25 and 30 seconds as the three bears paw at the camera on a tree trunk and uh, scattered briefly after the flashing unit goes off. So yeah, they don't want to be recorded. They're having private time, <laughs> and they so they destroyed the cameras. We'll post that little video up. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, That's all the news I had. We do have some events coming up. Today, Deer Valley wants blood, so you can go to the blood drive if you're in the Deer Valley neighborhood for Halloween. And then tomorrow, the day after Halloween, Snow Basin is having their annual Halloween party. What's tomorrow? Friday? So Saturday is the McConkie movie tour at the Cliff Lodge at Snowbird. Haven't seen it yet. It's your last chance to see it in Utah, Snowbird McConkie. It's at Snowbird uh, Calendar for more information. And then on the 6th of November, Weber Pathways presents One Revolution at Peary's Egyptian Theater. And then on the 9th, the mountain film in Telluride is on tour at Peary's Egyptian Theater. Now, this looks interesting. Uh, also on November 9th is the High West Whiskey Dinner At Snow Basin. I don't really know what this is, so I'm going to read the Snow Basin blog. Uh, It says, get those taste buds ready for a flavor and spirit experience that will leave leave you wondering why you never thought to do this before. Taste the array of Park City's High West Distillery whiskeys paired with the opulent culinary creations like wild bison meatloaf, seared venison medallions, Uh, the distillers will be on hand during the feast to describe the distilling process of the chosen spirits as well as answer questions about their products and other small batch distillery processes so not only this is what the blog says here will you be left speechless from the pairing dinner well that sucks you can't even talk about it afterwards but you will then also learn a lot about whiskey and small batch distilling uh this sounds awesome that sounds. It's really a self-guided cool. discovery of the taste palette. Ooh, it's an adventure of your mouth as well as nourishment for the mind and soul. All right, that's a little over the top. Earl's Lodge doors open at 5.30 with the bartender chosen cocktail and chef-made snacks. And the tasting begins promptly at 6.30. It's 65 bucks for the dinner, which includes the spirits. For more information on High West Distillery, Google it. And the the rest of the information is here on the Snow Basin blog. But that sounds pretty awesome. Keep that in mind for your activities on November 9th. And then on November 16th, if you want to purchase a Snow Basin season ticket, Snow Basin will be at Gear 30. Uh, They will be, you can come and pick up your, if you already bought one, you can come get your pass, get your picture taken, get your pass made, and you'll have it. So it'll open, their first day is like, Thanksgiving or the day after, so it's just a couple weeks after. So November sixteenth, be here at Gear Thirty. Whew, that was a lot. You are listening to the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show podcast on Gear Thirty Radio: Adventure for your ears. Shop Gear Thirty premier mountain equipment and improve your outdoor experience. Gear Thirty Radio. Did you know? Everyone's familiar with Vans, right? right? Of course, Vans. Of van- but did you know that they have now been in the snowboard industry? For 20 years. I didn't know that. My hat should oh, say it. That, yeah. Yeah. Vans Mountain Edition, 20 years. That's a long time. That is a long time. So they threw a party. Why not? They celebrated their 20th anniversary of Vans Snow last Thursday at the House of Blues. Or, sorry, not House of Blues. It's the House of Vans in Brooklyn. House of Vans. Yeah. Uh, joined by more than 400 friends and fans, the Vans Snow Team hosted an intimate evening to honor their 20 years of iconic snowboarding heritage. So the rep was in here last night. They have uh-huh. a brand new line of Van snowboard boots.
1: You posted some pics. Those are posted the pics.
0: They are on. Bo- well, actually, it's on our Instagram. So you, yeah. if you follow us on Instagram, you'll saw, you saw you saw that first. It hasn't hit our Facebook page yet. That's why you should follow us on Instagram. Uh, also, it's on Twitter. the The boot line that we'll be carrying is one female boot and then three uh, other boots, including their top of the line. Boot, which uh, pushes the five hundred dollar mark, which is half of what some of the ski boots are actually still, yeah. but it's it's double kind of the price of their other boots. So the the, the most of the line is like one seventy nine to, I think one seventy nine to two hundred ish, which isn't bad at all. And they they vary from uh, the footbeds are different in each. They kind of go up in the line. You get a better footbed the more money you spend, and you can choose between like a lace up boots and or a oh, it's the I can't remember the brand that makes Oh my gosh. It's it's the wire.
1: What's great about those boots is they still have a van's aesthetic. Like they look like vans. They look like van shoes. So only cool. boot mode.
0: Yeah. yeah. What is that wire called? Oh my gosh. They're huge. But they're they're that company is now partnered with Burton and all these other companies too. So it's not like it's, it's going to be too original, but the design and the warmth, and uh, they've got some pretty cool stuff going on. So I'll, I'll come in, try on a pair. We'll have them. Actually, we don't have them yet. We saw Plus, them last if you've night, supported
1: Vans for years and years and years, get their next product. Now yeah. wear them in the wintertime. Okay.
0: Would you buy a kayak that turns into a submarine?
1: Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a new kayak that can transform into a human powered submarine within seconds. You have a car that turned into a
1: submarine, but whatever.
0: Yeah, it gives paddlers a new stealth means of transport because you need that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oliver Filouetes Subo. Is he Frenchy? Yeah. He's the kayakum submarine. It includes a sealed hatch, oxygen tank, and CO2 filter for dives of up to two to three hours. Once you're sealed in, your paddle becomes a distant memory. You were just kayaking, question mark. And the swimming <laughs> Wait a minute. Swaying rudder extends out the back to give you propulsion, like a shark appearance. Is oh there my a picture? Goodness. Yeah, no, there's video. Four minutes of video. Yeah, oh, we'll post it. Don't you worry. It's ugly and big. And this man realized his childhood yeah, fantasy... And you can too, provided you're not claustrophobic, It is the kayak that turns into a submarine, not going into production anytime soon. So we just chatted about the Banff Mountain Film Festival is happening right now. The tour happens in the spring after they pick all the winners and things. The main sponsor of the tour this year, one of the main sponsors, is going to be MSR. So the Seattle-based manufacturer of high-performance outdoor equipment, They've supported Mountain Expedition since nineteen sixty nine in two zero one three, that's twenty thirteen. MSR pays homage to its mountain heritage with its tenth annual sponsorship of the October twenty sixth through November third Banff Mountain Film Festival. Oh, they're oh they're they're sponsoring the festival and the tour. I thought it was just the tour, but they are f- sponsoring the film, tour, and festival. So there you go. MSR stepping up. One lucky attendee will win MSR's World Tour Grand Prize, which is more than $800 in gear, which includes the reinvented MSR Hubba Hubba NX tent, the Lightning Ascent 25 Snowshoes, which we will sell here at the store, and the Deploy TR3 Poles. The reinvented freestanding two-person tent shaves nine ounces off its predecessor and is the latest in performance design and technology. Enter to win. I believe you can enter to win when you go to the tour this spring.
1: Have you seen Still that new tent?
0: Have not seen it yet. Uh,
1: yes. That used, to, I mean, that used to be like one of the names' in tents. I mean, yeah. That was like one of
0: the big ones. No, and we're we're moving more into, I believe, that direction. So nice. Um, do you remember we used to have a, s- a segment called Skill Sessions? Yes,
1: I do <laughs> remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: We sort of forgot about it. Uh, I do have a Skill Sessions for this week, so. So uh, I'll give you a minute. Cue to the Skill Sessions
1: gra- music. Grab your pen and paper. Okay. Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, We never had a skill session one So this is This is a little bit of help From us to you This is a beginner's rock climbing dictionary Okay If you've never climbed before Words like Belay Cam Beta Crimp Crux Flash Gaston
1: Yeah if you've heard our opening since the beginning
0: you would, know, you would know what this but is. But you don't know yeah. what belay means. We'll don't tell know you. What belay that means. means. So, uh, yeah, we'll post all of them. We'll go through a couple quickies here. So, belay is securing the rope while your partner climbs. It's your belayer. You'll have a belay device that provides friction to a rope system if your partner falls. The device will lock itself or help you support their weight. That's belay. Beta. No, it's not a pre VHS machine, right? It's, it's a. Fish. a It's not a fish. I mean, it is a fish. It is a fish. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. Uh, It's also a specific step-by-step description of a climb or a sequence. This is information provided from a guidebook or fellow climber. Hey, man, what's the beta on that 512 up in there? Okay. Beta.
1: (laughs) <laughs> like it's it's that thug climbing. It's <laughs> thug climbing. That's what that was, yeah. That
0: was, uh, okay. Uh, cam. It's a mechanical spring-loaded piece of climbing protection that fits into the cracks and holes of a rock wall and secures a section of rope to that area on the wall in the event of a fall. Therefore, you are camming. You're using a cam. A carabiner is a snap-link piece of metal that connects your rope to your protection, also called a beaner, a beaner. for short. Yeah. Carabiner. Beaner. Crimp or crux. Let's do crux. Crimp is a small ledge. Crux is the hardest part of the climb. Yep. You'll often hear that Once word used in other, in other scenarios. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so people say, yeah, well, the crux and of my, our, our vacation yeah, was exactly. uh, the drive or something. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Flash is to take all your clothes off. No, wait, that's not <laughs> it. Uh, to send or complete a pitch on your first try. With some help of some beta. So you flashed it. Somebody gave you some beta. You climbed it with no falls. You're good to go. You flashed it. A Gaston is a climbing technique where the fingers face inward, like you're trying to pry open sliding doors from the middle. Yeah, Gaston. Heel hook, self-explanatory. Jug. Not something you drink out of. It's a climber's favorite feature. It's a large hold. It's easy to grasp. Jugs. Uh... (laughs)
1: I'm <laughs> just going to leave that, at yeah. that
0: yeah. pocket is a small inset hole or rock hollow that you can probably only manage to get a finger in that's a pocket protection devices and tools used to <laughs> again <laughs> we know what, what protection devices is devices yeah. and tools used to reduce the risk of climbing and protect others while you climb so that's your nylon webbings your cams, bolts other tools of the trade uh, quick draw that's a piece of nylon webbing that loops at each end for your carabiners quick draw So, there you go. Then you have sport and trad climbing. What's the difference? Sport climbing. Sport climbing entails fixed protection, typically drilled in bolts. And trad climbing is uh, typically, you might be, the it's the most encompassing form of climbing since you can do it almost anywhere. There's no permanent man-made protection. So, as you climb, you're using your climbing gear to create your own protection. There's also an environmentally friendly type of climbing. It is known as an environmentally type of climbing. It can be anyway, which doesn't naturally harm the rock so there you go there is your skill sessions for the week skill sessions da, da,
1: da, 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 da,
0: da. <twoười> my lands we need uh oh, you <Pharaoh> <came> still need to get that recorded grandma Long's uh my, my lands. lands when she swears she says my lands over and over again that is her swearing technique and we will uh this year that's our goal we'll have to get that yeah so uh road work won't harm Arches national park study finds. This is out of the Deseret News. They have There's some proposed road work that's not going to significantly affect Arches National Park, so there you go. That's about all you need to know there. Also, if you would like to be involved in information on the BLM, Bureau of Land Management, There will be BLM range specialists that are presenting a series of workshops slash field trips on how science is used to monitor land health on BLM lands and Grand Staircase Escalante National Monument, how the collected data helps ranchers and land managers make livestock management decisions and so on. (laughs) Sounds like a good time. Uh, The workshops will explain long-term trend studies. If you are interested in this stuff, you don't have to be a scientist or a rancher or a land manager to learn anything from these workshops. You can just show up and, Be informed. So they're open to the public. This is also on the Deseret News. And then up there at uh, the school you're attending, Totters, WSU, have you heard anything about the environmentalist Chip Ward?
1: Yeah, I've seen signs, but tell me about it.
0: They mark it well up there, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Environmental and political activist Chippy Ward will present, Please, No More Environmentalists. Uh, embodiment as a Path to Ecological Citizenship. That is the name of it. It's part of Weber State University's year-long dialogue about air quality. The public is invited to the presentation on November 5th at noon in the Wildcat Theater. So there you go. It'
1: could be an important talk. This last winter was rough.
0: The air quality was pretty bad. Air quality was bad. It was bad. That's all I got for this week's show. you have any stories or... Input or...
1: I got one little stat that's
0: Stats are good.
1: We like that. Yeah. Uh, for those bike-friendly people out there. Okay, so last week, uh, Outside uh, News uh, reported that... Groningen, outside Magazine News? Yeah. Uh, Groningen, Netherlands, is the most bike-friendly city in the entire world, so... I would have guessed that. So it's Netherlands. That doesn't surprise you, right? Yeah. But it turns out the rest of Europe is pretty bike-friendly, too. Again, not a huge surprise to me, but it's good to see it down on on paper or internet form. In 2012, NPR reports, bicycle sales outpaced new car sales in 23 of the 27 member states of the European Union. Interesting. That's pretty Uh. huge. Uh, The figures might even be higher than that, as data was not available for Cyprus and Malta. Uh, Germany had the highest number of bike sales, 3.9 million a lot of bike sales. It's a lot of bikes. Followed by Britain, France, Italy, and Spain.
0: A lot of these bikes are cost as much as cars,
1: well. Well, the some cheap, of those high-end used ones. cars, yeah. The commuter ones and things like that, I don't think they're quite as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Belgium and Luxembourg were the only countries in which bicycle sales were not greater than car sales. Unfortunately, and of course, this should be mentioned, uh, the slump in car sales is likely due to the recession, worldwide recession. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people just not. A lot of people riding bikes. That, yeah. That's good. That's good advice for all of us, I think. Uh, according to NPR, sales are picking up, though, slowly in Europe and across the pond. Americans purchased 1.5 million vehicles in August, up 17% from a year ago. That's a lot so of cars. People are buying cars. Again, Holy cow. So That's good, I guess.
0: Well, this was the All Hallows' Eve episode of the Agnator Adventure Show. Thanks for listening. The quote of the week. <clears throat> i got to get ready
1: for this one. You ready?
0: I think I think so. Tis the night, the night of the grave's delight, and the warlocks are at their play. Ye think that without, the wild winds shout, but no, it is they, it is they. It's by author Cleveland Cox. it is from Halloween, uh, Romant.
1: What are you doing for Halloween tonight?
0: Uh, taking the kitty candy? Um, out, yeah. Did the she kid go out last out, year? Yeah. Well, one will be on her own this year, which is kinda of scary. And then the other she one is you know,
1: yeah. 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 You? Uh probably passing out candy. I don't know what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> I you should yeah, I passing don't. out in a yeah, sentence. <laughs> Speaking of which, (laughs) excellent Halloween party by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that was great. I think you're I think your biggest and best yet. I think
0: so too. Pirates know how to party.
1: In a photo op area. What a brilliant. That was new this year and that was uh,
0: by default. So that
1: was a great idea.
0: Thank you for listening to the Door Adventure show on Gear Thirty Radio. Adventure for your ears. Find the OOA show podcast on iTunes and gear30.com. As John Muir would say, the mountains are calling and we must go.